You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hey there, welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. You're listening to episode 51, Why You Should Be Using Visual Procedure Cards. So let's take a moment to stop and think about all the routines that we have to teach our little ones when they're coming to school for the very first time. This could be things like coming to the carpet, how to sit at the carpet, how to line up, how to walk in the hall, how to stay in a line, how to use the restroom, how to wash hands. Sometimes washing hands is a big one because there's a new soap dispenser or a new paper towel dispenser that they don't have at home. Also, how to clean up, how to treat our toys, how to pack up to go home, and the list goes on and on, right? So if that list makes you as tired as it does me, I think we understand each other when it comes to procedures. It's one of those things that we absolutely have to do to make sure that our classrooms run in a way that is efficient and allows us to go deeper into learning. But sometimes we as adults, we think that some things like flushing the toilet or hanging up our coats are common sense. But the reality is young children haven't been around long enough to learn what is common in our society. And even if it's common to them, maybe at home, that may not translate over to school. It may be common at home to hang your coat on a certain hook, but that may not translate over to their hook at school. So we have to teach them. We're teaching them all the things, all the time, and these simple, tiny little things that we think maybe they should already know, we also have to teach. So that means it's important for us to make sure that our own expectations are very clear in our own heads, because children aren't mind readers. They have to be told and taught. So when I had children in my home and was caring for them, I remember getting so frustrated that they wouldn't put the toys back where they got them. And once I really stopped to think about it, they didn't set up the toys where they were. And they didn't pay any attention to where they got them from. And so when they put them away, it just looked like this throwing of a whole bunch of things. Once I made sure to teach them, once you take this down, put it back that's when things got better. But it was my own expectations of why can't they just put it back where they got it? It makes sense in my head. Once I stopped that thinking and went more into the teaching realm of they must not know how to do this, let me teach them, things started to change. One of my very favorite teachers, she was a teacher in the lab school I was at doing my practicum in college. She taught first graders, but she made sure that every time we left the classroom or did something new, that we explained what our expectations were to students. Because she said, you know, even though you've told them before, that doesn't mean it's going to register this time. And so it's just easier to put those expectations up front, let students know where you want them to meet you at, instead of saying, you already know how to do this, why aren't you doing it? 
and then getting frustrated and going through all those steps. So really just that understanding of our communication every time, like the expectations didn't change because we know as, you know, working with children, uh, they kind of think that maybe today is a new day. So maybe the rules have changed and we have to be the ones saying, nope, remember, this is what we do in the hall. This is what this looks like when we're in the hall. And, you know, when we give them those expectations, then they can reach them. But when we don't give them them, those expectations, we don't, they don't know where to go. They don't know what we want and they don't know how to meet it. And that's going to help us see less negative behaviors just simply because they know what's expected of them. But teaching these procedures and routines verbally, um, as you know, telling them over and over again until you literally lose your voice is just not going to cut it with our little people. We can't use, you know, written out systems. We can't use a reminder written on the board because they can't read it. So we really need to use visuals. And children can read pictures. They've been doing it a lot in their young lives, trying to figure out what things mean in books by looking at that picture and trying to figure figure that out. Plus, they love being independent for the most part. Children don't usually want our help when they don't need it. You know, hearing that, I'm going to do it. Let me do it. But you know what? Hey, let's let them be independent. Let's let them read picture cards of a procedure. Not only is it good for them, it also is going to save you some sanity too. So let's paint a little picture here. Let's say you are teaching children to come to the carpet to sit down. Getting them to come and sit there may not be that complicated. Having them all come over, you're singing a song, you're having them come sit. But then sometimes you have them just getting up and leaving and or touching their friends or rolling around or interrupting constantly. All these things leading it to be hard for you to read a book or, you know, do whatever you're doing with that group. Instead of saying over and over again, nope, come back, sit down. Oh, put your hands to yourself. No, we don't roll around. We sit up. We can have visuals in place and we can teach them. So instead of jumping right into a group lesson, we can jump into a procedure lesson. So yes, we've all come with a carpet, but we can use picture cards to say, look, this is how we do the carpet. Here are some sitting choices. You can sit these different ways. When you come to the carpet, you are ready to listen and ready to look and you are staying until the teacher is done. So kind of giving them those expectations because otherwise what they're seeing is, okay, you asked me to come to the carpet and I did, but I don't know what to do past that. So if we are giving them that expectation of, nope, we're going we're gonna to all have a seat and we're going to listen to a book and your eyes are going to be on the book and your hands are going to be, you know, on your lap or by your side and not on your friend, like giving them all those pieces. Because we have done it a lot of times if we've been in the classroom for a while. So to us, it's like, well, um, hello, this is what it looks like. But to them being brand new, they have no idea what this is supposed to look like. So we have to break it down into itty bitty pieces. And then reinforcing that again later to make sure that they're remembering that it didn't change. 
Now, if saving your own voice and some of your own sanity and helping children be independent wasn't enough reason to use visual procedures, then I would love to give you another why. So put yourself in the shoes of a young child. You're leaving those that you care for and that care for you, and you're coming into a space of the unknown. You don't know that teacher. You don't know the students. You don't know what that teacher expects. And you don't know how to do things the right way. And you don't even know when your caregiver is coming back, which can feel pretty scary. So that feeling of routine that's had by so many children at home adds predictability. And that feels safe and routines feel safe. You know, the children are asking, when can we eat? Is my mom coming soon? When do we play outside? Those questions tell us that they really need to know what's happening to feel safe. And as we know from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, people need to feel safe before they can even begin to learn something new, right? So by us giving them these expectations and these routines of this is what this looks like in this classroom, it's helping them see, okay, I've got this. I can meet that expectation. I know how to do that. But when we don't have things like that in place, sometimes, you know, we get loosey-goosey and then we're sending the message of, well, sometimes this is okay, sometimes it's not. And then it especially makes it hard when we are sharing our classroom with someone else, two different teachers, that expectations of one teacher versus another. So helping them see what you expect in a child-friendly way is really the best way to get your classroom in order, get everybody on the same page so that you can do that deeper learning stuff so that you can do the amazing learning experiences because you know everyone for the most part, you know, it's preschool, but for the most part are going to be safe and do what is expected of them because you have taught it and reinforced it throughout the year. So The why for me behind visual procedure cards is first and foremost, helping children understand what's expected of them and me communicating that because in the past, that's not something that I've been particularly good at. It lived in my head and I couldn't see why they couldn't see what to do. And the other thing is just really helping me save my voice and make this go a little faster because I absolutely hate the beginning of the year. Um, I hate it. I hate the teaching of all the routines. I hate the uneasiness of it. And I absolutely adore that feeling of kind of down at the bottom of the roller coaster hill, right? Like, of ah, okay, we're smooth sailing now. So getting through that as fast as we can, but still learning, obviously, and teaching what I need to. That is my motivation for making sure that I teach procedures in a way that children can understand them. So next week in episode 52, we are going to go into the how of visual procedure cards, how to use them in your classroom and what I found works best. So I'm hoping you'll join me for that episode next week. Also, if you are loving the lovely Commotion Preschool Teachers podcast, I would absolutely love for you to leave a review. Reviews mean the world to me, and they also help other preschool teachers like you find the podcast too. I'm wishing you a lovely rest of your week, and I will talk to you next week.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.